0: Well, good morning, Breakfast with the Broker. Every Tuesday morning, we uh, have a start at 11 a.m., a very, very special guest. We, um, you know, sometimes you got to be flexible with um, these busy guests, and these guests are amazing, especially the one we have now. And now, by way of Lone Tree, Colorado, he is the chief customer officer at Remax LLC. He is the former CEO of Century 21. He's also the former vice president at Zillow. He was also briefly the former region rep for David Searle. He was awarded the Entrepreneur of the Year from the Powell Valley Chamber of Commerce. He's a husband, a father, and a proud contributor of Children's Miracle Network. Just call him Red. He is
1: Nick Bailey. <laughs> hey, dude, Howard. By the way, the being your personal representative, that was the best job out of all of you, named, <laughs> just so you know.
0: Uh, you know, I have the privilege of having both Adam Cantos and you <laughs> as, as as the region rep.
1: <laughs> or you got stuck with us one way or the other. But hey, I like the way you're phrasing it.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I really, really a pleasure, and I really, I know that um, you know you're really busy, and and I certainly appreciate, especially you know, a week before. Uh, R4, and we'll get into that a little bit. But um, tell us, you know, uh, you know how we're doing. How's everything out in Colorado, and uh, maybe where the market's going?
1: Yeah, um, great question. You know, we ended the year much better than anyone expected, and what it proves: real estate didn't get us into this recession, but it is the leading industry that's going to help pull the entire economy um, in the right direction, and it's proving so by all the extra hundreds and hundreds of thousands of transactions that got pulled through the funnel. So rates are low. First and second time move up buyers have been the biggest components that are driving the market. Uh, I'd like to tell agents inventory is only low if it's not yours. Um, our job as agents is to go out and manufacture listings, get in touch with everyone you know, because there is still an estimated pent up demand of between 14 and 23 million people that have a desire to move. Maybe because they can, because they can work from home. Maybe because they want to, because they're ready for some more square footage. Whatever the reasons are, Lots of good demand. 21 looks uh, as good as 20 in terms of transactions, not to say it's still going to come with some level of challenge. But we're going to see rates start to tick up this year. Uh, We're going to say inventory continuing to be at constrained levels, and we just have to work through that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been powered by domestic demand and, you know, locally in South Florida um, or all Florida, you know, we've had a pretty, pretty, you know, maybe 30% typically um, international buyers um, close sales. And, um, you know, we're significantly lower than that. You know, what happens? And I've always been saying, like, listen, domestic demand has been amazing, you know, across the country. But when you look at the international demand, when they're cooped up in, in their houses in Canada and they're cooped up in Europe and South America, we may see another uh, little uh, uptick uh, in, in international demand.
1: Yeah, we could. I mean, you look just a couple of years ago, we had $153 billion uh, come into our country on folks that were buying real estate. The year after, you know, that was down to about 73. So it did affect the ability for people to move around the globe. Um uh, it affected their 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 dollars of being able to buy real estate, but we know that we've become a global market, and that's something we're fortunate. At Remax, we're you know nearly 140,000 agents in 110 countries, and so you know, I was just talking this week with some of our our regional owners around the globe, and I said, "This shows the power of the network. Like we have never seen a global exchange and support like we have in 2020." I know there was a lot of hardship for people, but. I'm kind of an eternal optimist. And what I saw and the way people came together was not just with their neighbors. It was with other countries halfway around the world, especially in our business. And what we saw is that's going to continue. And uh, just depending on when people can start moving around, where between what countries is likely going to have some impact um, on um, cross-border sales. But the demand and the desire is still there. We live in a global real estate market.
0: Yeah, great. You know, uh, I mean, I I don't know that I've ever seen this many agents give out referrals. Um, I mean, this must be the the biggest (laughs) referral giving um, year ever, you know, in 2020 and and going into 2021. And what better um, way to get a referral from, you know, a a global brand and, and, and the REMAX network? Because, you know, when people... I was, uh, I was on a thread, uh, the other day and, you know, sometimes you gotta be careful with those, uh, social media threads. Um, but, um, For sure. <laughs> someone in the real estate mastermind group said, you know, well, you know, convince me on Remax. And I said, you know, I don't necessarily have to convince you on Remax and this isn't all about Remax. And I'm just, I just want to let you know why I'm at Remax. Right. So I'm at Remax because of the people and the network and, and, honestly that that's that's the hugest thing i mean the people in the network are the biggest thing and that's the reason why there's so much value in the brand i mean i've met so many people across the world um this will be my i think 17th r4 um and you know i mean just like you know i can't miss r4 because r4 is just it, it it brings together a lot of people and and then this time I mean, there's not a better time to actually have a conference than now because we all want to get out of our
1: house. <laughs> yeah, the, you're right. The demand is true. And yeah, we had to put a limit on it. So, we, you know, we had to get four times the space and limit the people by four times, but it's also nice because we are, people are so used to attending things virtually that they have a choice and every everyone's situation is independent. So they have to make that decision. Uh, but you're right. We are, we are coming to your neighborhood. Uh, we'll be in Orlando next week and, uh, yeah, we sold out a couple months ago the in-person portion and then we've got uh nearly 60 countries represented that'll be in attendance also via uh the virtual platform so yeah no shortage of demand for people wanting to get to get get together for sure
0: and, you know and i've been in a lot of these virtual conferences uh, i was um at a bunch of them right so you know im and connect all these others and then you look at um you know the boc last year and it was um it was virtual. And I don't know what platform you guys use, but that thing was awesome. So like if you can't be in attendance at R4, um, you know, it's it's pretty cool to um, the way that you could actually go into, you know, vendors and ask questions and, and and things like that. It's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. And we it's funny. We're all getting to this word virtual. That doesn't just mean Zoom. Um, And and this isn't just a Zoom meeting. No, this is a truly like interactive platform, almost think of a a giant virtual tour where you can see someone or vendor and click and video chat with them and and kind of make your way around. So uh, yeah, the video or the uh, virtual type of platforms have come a long way. Uh, The the technology wasn't new, certainly, um, before this all started, but it certainly has gotten refined.
0: Yeah, you know, so, you know, talking to people both inside the network and out outside the network, you know, they had concerns, right? Um, the conference, you know, being in Orlando and and the conference, you know, um, you know, having 2000 people um, in attendance and such. And what what kind of precautions and safety, um, you know, safety precautions have you taken, um, you know, to make it as safe as possible?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's obviously our number one concern. We moved it completely and change different states. Uh, and one of the big reasons we moved from Las Vegas to Florida was the use of outdoor space. Uh, we can have receptions outdoor. We had there's just more space in general to move people apart. And so we'll, we're following all of the guidelines um, as they're put forth at the time we're having the event, We've had to change the way we've done everything. Um, there's no registration desk where everyone comes up and is together. We had to send out and it was a cool experience. People have been so uh, putting it on social. Uh, You're grabbing your box. (laughs) Got your name badge. Yeah, Yeah, I got my name badge. I got my mask. (laughs) Yeah, so we put together kind of a box. So when you get there, you're just ready to go. And it describes everything. Uh, Even the color of lanyard that you have indicates the type of space that you prefer. If you're red, that means one thing. (laughs) Don't hug me. (laughs) What's that color of yours? Green. <laughs> green, oh, that green green means you want somebody to hug you, yeah. But you know, we went as far to color, people have them color code themselves to make sure that everyone understands where their comfort level is. And uh, you'll be sitting by your color zone and so that there's a, a, a space accordingly. So yeah, we've gone out of our way to change the location, where our receptions are gonna be, where our concert is gonna be. I mean, we've just kind of had to rethink it all. So it is gonna look very different than it has before. Uh, But needless to say, I think it's going to satisfy the needs of um, people that are there.
0: And and you've, I mean, REMAX, I'm sure has taken a lot of heat, you know, um, you know, for, you know, putting on a live conference. It's the first one, you know, um, in a year, I think. I mean, we were the last one. Now we're the first one. That's right. We were the last (laughs) one in
1: 2020. We're the first one in 21. You know,
0: Um, um, and that's usually what REMAX does. You know, I mean, typically, you know when you look at it,
1: they're usually making bold moves. Well, we certainly didn't make this decision lightly and obviously made a lot of changes. And if we didn't think we were going to be able to pull it off, we would have made more changes if we have to. Um, But it ended up that the way in which we're doing it is um, it's not as if we can't even be around each other. You have to just do it the right way as we are in process. And so that's what we're doing. Uh, and at the same time, we know that every single person and their family situation, their personal health situation, those are all different. Uh, and it's tough to solve for every single person, especially when you have a network this 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 size. But this is a time I believe that everyone, no matter what, business or personal, you have to advocate for yourself, your personal situation, and make a good decision that fits for, for your needs. Um, And there are certainly uh, people, we have some people on our staff that are higher risk and we've asked them to stay home and not not participate. And for others that are more comfortable, then they're they're okay. So um, we just have to be okay with people making their own decisions around their comfort level and making sure them as hosts, we do it right. And we think the combination is going to yield a great result for everybody.
0: I mean, that's really what our core beliefs have always been. I mean, you know, it's, it's you're a business within a business. You get to make your own decisions based on, um, you know, what's being an advocate for yourself and and your family and your business. And Mm -hmm. so um, I love the idea that, you know, not everyone, not, you know, all people are not created equal. All people don't have the same uh, beliefs, same opinions of things. Um, But we've respected each and every one of them. And we give them options as to whether they want to come or not come. And, um, you know, I am excited. I've talked to a lot of people, you know, that they're just ready to, to get out and, you know, and safely. And obviously, you know, there might be, you know, because even when we had to register for classes and stuff like that, when you think about it, I mean, we normally get 7,000, um, you know, uh, agents there. So, you know, we're talking about 2,000 people. That's significant, you know, it's basically a, a little over a third.
1: Um, but, but still having to have space for eight or 10,000. So. Right, right. And, yeah. and
0: so, you know, when you look at it, you know, if you want space, you're going to have as much space as you want. Um, So I I, I love it. I love the idea. And, you know, um, listen, I I love to see my friends in person. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, seeing those friends and and being able to fist bump or or whatever you're comfortable with, elbow bump and whatever, virtual high five or anything. So I'm excited and and thank you to uh, REMAX uh, for for putting this on and doing this. Let's talk about the market. You know, I know as a former Zillow exec, um, you may have a little bit of unique insight. You know, when Zillow uh, purchased Showing Time or, you know, um, you know, I know um, CoStar's uh, trying to purchase uh, CoreLogic, you know, all these companies are really getting into this data space, right? We're all data now. And that now, apparently that's our most valued uh, asset um, or resource. Um, you know, what, what, what do you see the landscape of the real estate market and, and, and these behemoth companies coming in
1: into this real estate market in, let's say, three to five years? Yeah, um, this has been a hot topic and I've been talking a lot about it. And I'll tell you what, the the responses in the industry are the spectrum is literally <laughs> this big. I mean, it's from, oh, OK, I get it and fine all the way up to, you know, let's bring you know, our, our, our pitchforks out. Um, and I've seen everything in between, uh, certainly because I have a background in working there. Uh, my opinion on it likely sounds slanted to some. Uh, but I think it's just more the reality of I am just I never thought my path would go this way in real estate. But um, to be able to have spent a number of years with them and on the brokerage and franchise side, I just think it's given me an interesting look. And I'm going to be talking about this at R4. This is kind of uh, my main um, uh, talk point during the main ses- session is going to not be around Zillow, but it's going to touch on the fact that we get very hyper aware when these companies make changes. There's a, lots, a lot of acquisitions going on. Um, and that makes sense, and here's why: we've had a run-up of a seller's market for a decade. Uh, we've had a lot of new entrants come into the market, and you know when an industry or a sector is really strong, and there's a lot of money flowing through it, a lot of people want to get into that business. Or those that can't maybe find their way, they get taken out and acquired. And and some are strong and just want to join and get stronger. So this is just typical of a vertical within a strong strong economy, good market. Um, as a result, though. We in real estate have the boogeyman theory. We're like, oh, this move is boogeyman and you know, going to take my children and my house and my career. And uh, you know, we freak out. But here's the reality. Um, and I'll give you a couple of examples. Let's go back to when REMAX was founded 48 years ago. I believe, well, let me say before you get started, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. What it has done is when companies make big moves, it's not as if one company is taking everybody out. And that's kind of the attitude that people get around this stuff. It's more about leveling up what we do as an industry. So here's an example. Dave and Gail co-found Remax comes out 48 years ago. Major concept was to give agents uh, 100% of their commission. You pay a fair share by writing a check every month back to the broker to pay the bills and you take home more of what you earn. Now, whether you've ever been with Remax or even if you never will be with Remax, every real estate agent in the last 48 years has gotten a raise because of what Dave and Gail did. Every agent got a raise. It leveled everybody up. Remax was the boogeyman coming in, right? And people were scared and nervous. And what it did is the competition adjusted and it leveled up those rates for agents. IDX, same thing. I remember IDX was so controversial. The idea of, David, you having 40 listings and I have none because I don't sell anything, but yet I can put all your listings on my website and I can get leads off your listings. I mean, that was two or three years of, of, but look what it did for real estate websites. Consumers used to have to go to your site, then go to mine, then go to theirs. And it leveled up the consumer experience. So you fast forward through things. I'd think the same thing happened with DocuSign, uh, paperless transaction, um, dot loop, uh, zip form, skyslope, any of those. Look at now today. Can you imagine doing transactions with a manila folder? on the back of a trunk? The answer is no way. Imagine doing it during yeah. quarantine. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, finally counties are saying, we're gonna do e-signature, not wet blue ink. Um, <laughs> you know, So it's like, come on folks, get on board. But look at what e-signature did. It leveled up the consumer experience and the agent experience. It made the process better, but it should have taken about 10 minutes for everybody to start doing e-signature. And instead it took 10 years because people were afraid Uh, I don't wanna use uh, e-signature platform because uh, I don't want my data going to whomever because my buyer or seller's name and address and phone number is in a contract. The answer was, that's nonsense. I mean, everybody already has that data. I can go out and purchase public data on every homeowner in the US like that. Um, And so this idea that like my home buyer or seller their name and phone number is in this Fort Knox vault vault of mine and untouchable. Mm -mm, Not true. And we've got to get past that. So you mentioned Zillow and showing time. Here's what I think it's done. It is, it's not about Zillow and showing time. It is leveled up the showing services products for the whole industry. One year, two years from now, whenever that is, their products going to be better but so is everybody else's. There is a race of R&D money pouring into showing services right now. And you're going to have choice, as you always have. Uh, Granted, they grabbed one with a large amount of market share, so that's creating more chatter. But when you look back in history over even five decades and you look at big moves that companies have made, there's no reason to freak out and think that it's a boogeyman. All it is is it's leveling up each one of those experiences to make our industry better.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you even look at, you know, all of them, right. When we call, you know, disruptors, interrupters, as Adam Contos says, you know, um, when you look at the interrupters, right, even when KW came in, right Um, KW leveled up, you know, we, you know, Remax wasn't always a training, um you know ground you know we trained some experienced agents and we'd have you know the buffini classes and things like that and we've had remax university from the very beginning and, and and such but when kw came in they made all companies concentrate on training you know um exp coming in you know are 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 talking about not necessarily stock and stuff like that but i think it makes people agents start to look at a succession plan start to look at a retirement you know whether they're investing with a financial planner or they're investing with a company or whatever it may be but uh, i agree with you i have been saying that like you know remax changed everything kw came in and changed everything exp's changed some you know so all of this is something that you know is going to give us an agent and you know to um uh, kendall bonner uh one of our our friends and a broker owner in tampa terrific She said something that uh, really, really kind of stuck with me. She said, you know, um, it was originally it was a broker centric model, right? Um, 50-50 splits, really, really, um, you know, um, high splits, high dollars to the brokerage. Um, Brokers made, you know, money hand over fist. Then it became an agent centric model where, you know, 100% uh, commissions, you know, um, you're going to have to give agents everything under the sun in order to keep them and da, 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 da. Um, and she believes that it's going to go back over to the broker centric model because, you know, agents are, you know, there's so many agents now. I mean, all time high,
1: NAR hit an all time high about four or five months ago, 1.5 million realtors. I mean, we have 202,000 agents in the state of Florida, realtors,
0: now forget agents, realtors in the state of Florida, right? You know, I, I think we surpassed California. Like (laughs) it's (laughs) crazy. Like, you know, so. When you look at it, you know, what are these agents going to need? They're going to need training. They're going to need systems. They're going to need leads and, and understand how to generate leads and convert leads. So, um, you know, I just thought that was interesting. And the last thing that I, I would say also is I remember Dave Lineker during um, 2006, 2007 in a conference. I think where I was at, I don't know if it was, it was BOC or Catalyst or one of those things. And he said, LIFO. It might even be the convention. He said, "Last in, first out." He said, "The last people to come into the uh, the you know real estate are going to be the first people out." Um, I believe that's not true now. You know, it's never been easier to get into the business and be very successful than it is now. Because it, and I don't I don't know if you have you can shed any light on this, but it looks like to me that consumer behavior is more about no like and trust than competence.
1: <laughs> Your you know, um, experience trust for sure. Trust is the number one component of it, but it's also you know being in contact with them. Um, <clears throat> well, I do know this. We, I look at the data on all these things all the time, and here's the reality: eighty-seven percent of agents fail. Eighty-seven percent of people that get a real estate license don't have it five years later. The barriers to entry are low but the barriers to be really successful and make this a career are really high and i i think that's the difference and that number's not changing and so you have to look at it and and, and i get that it's interesting when you know when you're an agent i've been an agent i'm still licensed as an agent i sold real estate last year in my spare time uh because i like to stay involved in it but um I will tell you what, you want to be part of that 13%. And that's finding the environment, the leadership, and the tools necessary to connect with people to buy and sell. At the end of the day, more consumers today are using an agent than ever before. 94% of all consumers engage and use a real estate agent. Five years ago, people said millennials are going to ride an Uber rent and they're never going to use an agent. We're going to put it in a shopping cart, at the house, and move on. It's not true. Um, and for some of those companies, even uh, of the last couple of years that said, yeah, that's where we're going, uh, just like travel agents. I love that comparison, even though it's a terrible comparison. Um, it's funny to me because what ended up happening is those companies that said no agent. Guess what they all did last year. They went out and brought in agents. Um, they're realizing the agent is the one that ties to the consumer. However, because of the low barriers of entry, we're always in a good market going to see a swing up in numbers. We've gone from 983000 to $1.5 in this run-up of a seller's market, and that's okay. We have to make sure, and that's what Remax is about. We sell two to one of the competition. We want full-time professionals, those that are really doing well, and for those that want to come in and ramp up and make it really their career, that's awesome too, uh, but at a time when there's a lot of agents flooding in, that means a lot of licenses are joining a lot of different companies, uh, but it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to survive, or serve the consumer as well as they can. Um, And so that's where we have to continue to quote level up, um, You know, which is the, there are a lot of buyers and sellers that say after they get through a transaction, wow, that was clunky. Um, I don't wanna do that again anytime soon. So we have a lot of work to do and that's opportunity using tech and experience and the size of our network where we're working on putting those pieces together to create a better consumer agent experience through the life of the transaction uh, because that's what consumers are going to expect. And that's what we're going to focus on. Not, not the boogeyman stuff. Awesome.
0: So uh, I'll end it with uh, like three questions. One okay. is, um, uh, tech, you know, where, you know, what's going on with tech, you know, how, are, how are real estate brokerages, you know, cause it's so difficult to take a one size fits all policy, right. Or, or platform, you know, like Bouge with, with Remax or command with KW, or, you know, some of these others with, um. You know, exp, you know, they try and make this whole platform and they think that, you know, agents and brokers that it's for everyone, but it really isn't like when I look at booze, booze is for someone who doesn't at this point have a CRM. It's a way to contact with people Um, if you're wanting a high level of, um, you know, you can use it. But typically, if you're already using a CRM or, or, or lead generation service that's been working for the last five six years, there's no reason to switch, right? So, but it it gives people in their hands a regular typical agent to maybe have a better chance of being in that 13 percent than
1: not. What, yeah.
0: what do you think about tech?
1: Uh, so tech number one. When you none of the, none of this tech is new, it's really not. Uh, I believe as an industry, we're slow to adopt if we want to be honest. I mean, three weeks into the pandemic last year, just sitting on uh, a video conference, a Zoom call, and an agent said, is this tech going to make us less relevant as agents? And I said, no, none of it's new. You were just too afraid to turn on your camera and hear you and see yourself. Uh, It's the difference in what makes a mediocre producer and a top producer, which is efficiency. And uh, you know, there was a stat especially uh, that came out just a couple of years ago that only 20% of real estate agents use the CRM. Uh, which is crazy to think. And so here's how I look at it. Tech is going to be continue to be an evolution. Uh, The one thing that we know as a brand that, uh, you know, we've done some big tech acquisitions with uh, even like the first app. Oh, my gosh, couldn't be better right now. I mean, an app that tells you who in your phone do you know that's going to list their house possibly in the next six months. And that's what we need right now with inventory. You start combining um, an ecosystem that uh, continues to develop, And not only is it a CRM, but it's websites. Then you put AI, and it's really about your database. Um, And then you throw marketing on top of it. We have some announcements happening next week at R4 um, around marketing. And that's when you start to see the efficiencies come together. Let me give you an example. Um, Old way of marketing. Used to be, hey, I like this neighborhood. I live in a neighborhood with about 600 houses. I'll go and market to all 600 even though there are three different pockets in it with different price ranges. Uh, However, now what it's getting is way more sophisticated to where you can go in and specifically place your buys based on the behavior of the consumer. And so the idea that if there's 10 people on my street, that I only market to four of them and I leave the other six out, like that's where this is going. You look at what Facebook's doing with Facebook Pixel, um, and we've introduced that. And then how that is going to change the behavior of how people start to interact and who you market to. It's getting much more strategic. So that's the type of thing that how we think of tech is we think of what we should buy, what we should build and what we should partner with. Um, Because we're not in this business to be like, build everything. And I know we have one of our major competitors that stood on stage and said, we're gonna build everything for you. And I believe the answer is you can't do that in the modern way of tech and keep moving. I think you can buy and build or you can build a portion of your foundation that everything works from to develop your ecosystem. And then we figure out what pieces we're going to buy like first, and we're going to integrate into it. And then we're going to also find those pieces that we partner. And so as an example, transaction management, you know, we we integrate with DocuSign, with .loop with, so if you make that partnership to use that, we're going to integrate in this ecosystem. And I think that's where tech is going to continue to go in our industry is not just locked out one system. You've got to only use this. But here's a foundation, and here's an ecosystem. And if you like something that you've used, how can it plug and play to help you continue to move your business forward? I think that's the key of tech moving forward in our business. Yeah, I agree. You can't
0: reinvent the wheel, you know. And a lot of times, you know, I think all these companies really have gone ahead and um, and have done that. You know, they they've really kind of, you know, they they've learned their lesson, right? The compass went to. You know, they they decided to try and build it all and and we're going to have the best CRM ever. And then they bought contactually. (laughs) They said, you know what? This ain't going to work. So, you know, all all these different things, you know, actually, Jill had an interesting comment. But, you know, it's really not about the number of agents use Booge. It's really more about, you know, she asked, you know, what number of all your agents use Booge? You know, right now, I think, you know, the brokers and the, um the agents that are using booge, I think are doing it really at a high level. Um, the problem is, is that not everyone's using it because the, um, (laughs) she said 20% of work gets 80% of business. It's probably even less than that. It's probably like, you know, I think 5% gets 95%, you know, kind of craziness, but, um, you know, you know, as we get into this and and just talking about um you know Bougie and stuff and, and I know you have to go because we've already gone long, but um, you know where are the plans going forward for Bougie, I guess would would be a and I know you you know it, it people have talked about or whatever, but you know I think it's gotten to a point where there's a lot significantly a lot less glitches. We've had some learning curves and stuff like that, but I,
1: I think uh, you know the staff has done amazing. Well, thanks, you bet. I mean, it's just been launched about a year. And I will say this, that um, you know, if building a major ecosystem like this was easy, somebody else would have already done it. But there's a reason that there's a number of us in the race. Uh, and the reality is you can't let your um, tech dry up. Um, you've gotta to continue to push the envelope and move forward. We made a huge move in doing this. We knew it wasn't gonna be perfect. You launch stuff, um, whether things that we learned, clunky bugs, oh my gosh, that exists in every type of platform. The question is how fast, excuse me, how fast can you respond? How many resources did you have? And how fast can you get it all moving in the right direction? And so you're right, we've made significant process uh, uh, um, over the last four or five months, especially. And once you launch a system and looking at stabilization, and then we had feature set that as features were being built and integrated, that took some time. Uh, And I think one of the biggest challenges is when you continue to make progress over time, uh, and I know I'm guilty, Your Honor, I do it all the time. I download an app or I look at it or I I engage with a a platform, and if I don't like it immediately, I go, eh, pass. And they can make a ton of progress in, say, the next 90 days, but it's hard to get me to look back at it again. And so I think that's going to be something that, as the evolution of tech continues, not only in our world but in the industry's world, Um, You have to pause and look and see where it's tracking, where it's going. And so, you know, imagine that world in which you log into your system and it says, especially using AI machine learning and what we're doing on the marketing side and you put it together. Now it's not just a CRM that sends out newsletters and drip marketing. And that's what people think of today. It's the stuff that they're not even thinking about that's about tomorrow, which is what we're thinking about. Uh, yes, let's get those that basic feature set up, and let's make sure that there aren't any bugs in it to get it to where it is. But that's basic. How about a day in which you log in and it says, "Good morning, David. Here are the six people that are likely going to buy, and the four people that are going to list. These are the ten people right here. Click here to dial them. Um, you know, ready, set, go. Like really, that predictive analytics, that that AI, that machine learning in your business. Because here's what's happened: eight years ago. There were four and a half million leads in our business last year, well over a hundred million. So the consumer space has gotten super noisy for agents to deal with. And what we're trying to build and evolve this product is to be not only to just keep your basics of your business going, but who's going to reach out in that cloud of hundred million, which means some of your customers are out there playing in that space and make sure that they get linked back to you versus somebody else. Uh, And that's really where we've got to take this moving forward um, and build it out as your home base. Um, And for a lot of people, uh, they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars a year on some of this stuff. And so if we can provide it to agents, um, even if it's most everything, if it's 80 percent of what they use, that's a huge savings for their business, too.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't know if you can see this, but uh oh, that's yeah. it, it deals won and loss. So I always say, you know, if, if nothing else, it keeps you accountable to do your daily activities.
1: Yeah. And work. when that pops up, because I get one once in a while that says, and obviously I'm not a full time active agent. But right. when I get one that pops up and says, Oof. David listed his house with <laughs> another agent, I'm like, oh, it's like a ah, slap I'm in the like, face. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: All right. La- last question. Uh, What is your favorite streaming series of all time, and what are you currently
1: watching? Oh, street like uh, television? Yeah, like Netflix. And if you don't have that, you could go with a book of all time. um, I wish I read more. I have to say that's one thing that people don't know. I'm not a a great reader. Um, All time, probably Breaking Bad. Yeah, that was good. What are you currently watching? Anything? Uh, No, I don't have any new series that I'm in the middle of. You know, I don't have a whole lot of time to watch a lot of TV, <laughs> right. and I think that's why Breaking Bad. Because you wouldn't believe for how many weeks I got to bed at four thirty in the morning and up at six, yeah. and I was just a zombie for three weeks. But it was great. No, it's good. I watched yeah. several since. Okay, here's the one I'm looking forward to: is third season of Ozark. Like yes. I love Ozark. So yeah. uh, this, I think there's a theme that if if you see yeah. I'm carrying on, I'm like this. Goody two shoes always have been never makes trouble, but I must have some secret uh, bad boy side in there as I love these ones.
0: That's awesome, Nick. I can't thank you enough for coming on and and sharing your insights on the market and and understanding where uh, Bouge is going, where Remax is going, but more importantly, where the real estate industry is going. So uh, we certainly appreciate it. I know um, I know our viewers do as well. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing you at R four, and thank you to. Remax and, and the entire LLC um, for, you know, really putting this on, even um, they even though they had a lot of heat. So we appreciate you. And listen, Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday. Listen, next week we'll be in Orlando live from R4. Maybe, we, maybe we'll even be cheering a good morning Remax. So we certainly
1: appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Always great to be with you and I look forward to seeing you in a few days. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Be well. Take care.